Welcome to the Hopeful Economics Podcast, a ministry of the United Church of Canada, proudly supported by Mission and Service, and New Church Ministry of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in the United States and Canada. With an incredible lineup of speakers, you'll dive deep into the relationship between social enterprise and faith. You'll learn about the economic impact of churches and how to pitch your community of faith to form new partnerships. Hopeful Economics is a way of looking at the world of assets and abundance and making them work for everyone. This content originated from the Hopeful Economics Unconference, a virtual event in March of 2021. Mark your calendars for March 3rd and 4th of 2022 to participate in the next Hopeful Economic Unconference. Social justice. Learn about some of the history of social justice around the world and how the last decade has leapt us forward in our thinking. Now is the time for Hopeful Economics. The Reverend Dr. Jafet Lowu, Global Program Coordinator for Global Partnerships in Church and Mission Units, responsible for the Philippines, India, Angola, Zimbabwe, and Zambia, and the United Church of Canada. My name is Jafet Ndlovu. I'm an ordained church minister working with the United Church of Canada, but with particular responsibility as a global partnership coordinator, managing partner relationships for the United Church, especially in Southeast Asia and uh, Southern Africa. It's good to be with you today as I speak on the topic of social justice. Right from the first slide of my picture there, you can see those wonderful young girls who actually were rescued from somewhere along the border with Bangladesh because they were being trafficked by some people involved in human trafficking. And the United Church of Canada works with a partner that focuses on anti-human trafficking campaigns and restoring dignity to those that require dignity. I should begin by saying that Christianity has many different expressions and even theological persuasions. Unfortunately, even some dark sides of complicit in many injustices such as slavery, colonialism, the issue of residential schools, and several atrocities against indigenous and racialized people. I am speaking from a perspective that believes that there is a common good in human beings which can still use the large infrastructure of the church and their divine sacred texts to work for transformation. Now, social justice, therefore, we want to be involved in correcting the structures that perpetuate injustices in the world. And through the lens of social justice, we begin to take looking at the problems and issues facing us in our own communities, the nation, and finally the world. And we begin to ask questions such as, 
Why is there so much unemployment? Why are the poor poor? Why is there so much poverty in this community? Why is our climate being destroyed? And how will deforestation of our rainforests affect our global climate? Such important questions because we want to be involved in correcting the structures that have perpetuated injustice. Here is a picture of our partners in the Philippines who are working to correct those injustices. They are standing up because human rights are being abused and they are saying uphold those human rights. You have to free those political prisoners because some are indeed prisoners of conscience simply because they stood up to power. Stop the killings because people are being killed for speaking out and speaking against those in power who are abusing their authorities. They have even gone to the extent of putting terror laws that are terrorizing their own people. And our partners are standing up for the dignity of all human beings in protecting human rights. Charles Fanigan writes in a book entitled Towards a Theology of Mission Partnership in Working Together with God to Shape the New Millennium Opportunities and Limitations. He says, we should be motivated by the fact that we belong to the Creator. We should be motivated by the fact that we belong to each other. Oh, yes, and that sounds or reminds me of the African concept, the African philosophy we call Ubuntu. And the full phrase would be, as you know from Southern Africa, Ubuntu Ngobuntu Ngabantu. We are human beings because our humanity is connected to one another. And in that concept, it's beyond a humanistic philosophy. Ubuntu refers to behaving well towards others or acting in ways that benefit the community. What it means to be human and how we as humans should behave towards others. There's actually in Ubuntu a deep listening in order to do unto others what you would have them do unto you. In Ubuntu, indeed, we talk about oneness with the creator, oneness with one another, and oneness with creation. And that this is an ethic of interdependence, that humans are interdependent and interconnected. Those involved in social justice are motivated by the fact of interconnectedness as human beings. And of course, very often when you are performing social service, you also become involved in solving the problem which created the need in the first place. And the two are closely related and often blend together. An example of this would be someone comes to you for food 
at your food bank or a food shelter, whatever you may call it. And then they tell you that they have no food because they have lost their job recently. You may want to provide them that food, but you go on to try and look for a job for them. So you're not just giving them food. You give that person food, then place that person in touch with an employer. You then would have solved both problems for that person. The immediate, which was the need for food, which is an act of charity, that is social service. But also you would have covered or corrected the problem which created that perpetual need, the work of social justice. Here's a picture showing children in India amongst the Dalit people, amongst the tribal people. And our partners in that part of India, in Chennai, empowering communities to remove barriers from education so that all children are given access to tackle the injustice of not having a good education. Caring for one another was actually the central piece of Jesus's teaching. Because Jesus said, feed the hungry, satisfy the thirsty, shelter the homeless, clothe the naked, care for the sick, visit those in prison. And moreover, Jesus announced that God's kingdom of peace and justice is at hand and challenged those structures of discrimination and oppression. And here is a picture of our partners somewhere in the Cordillera region of the Philippines, up in the north, working amongst indigenous people. During the lockdown, in the period of COVID-19, they weren't to distribute food to the people under that banner of Save the People Brigade. People who could not make their daily earning for their livelihoods because they are daily wage earners. And COVID restrictions, COVID-19 limitations made these people unable to make that daily wage. And so our partners supported them during that intensive lockdown period. The theological underpinnings that we talk about when we get involved in the work of justice. First of all, we have to understand that Jesus came in a context of empire. And the empire during the time and the reign of Jesus had unleashed terror, misery, and suffering on the people. And Jesus unleashes a new vision a new vision of the sanctity and integrity of life. Jesus then goes ahead to make this constant intrusion into human affairs to hold the empire accountable. And therefore, theologically speaking, it is our ecclesiological calling. It is our missiological imperative. The church ecclesiology, 
exists for the very reason of extending the kingdom of peace and justice. And missiological, that is by the very design and calling of what the church is supposed to be. Jesus then announced the coming of God's reign, that it is a common wealth not of domination, but a common wealth of peace, a common wealth of justice, a common wealth of reconciliation. Jesus healed the sick. Jesus fed the hungry. Jesus forgave sins and freed those that were held captive by all manner of demonic powers, by all manner of forces. Indeed, there is need for greater cooperation and collaboration as we carry out the work of justice. We believe that we, st we strengthen one another to work through God's grace for a better world. To this end, we cooperate with other churches. We cooperate with other faith traditions. We cooperate with people of goodwill so that we may be able to eliminate the injustices, so that we may be able to eliminate the injustices of those that are vulnerable throughout Africa, throughout Asia, throughout Latin America, throughout the Caribbean and other parts of the world. And yes, even within Canada, the United Church works with churches and organizations. We call partners by supporting the work they see as vital to their well-being, And this enables us to go far beyond our normal reach in responding to injustice. We therefore sing of God's good news. This good news lived out a church with purpose. The faith that is natured and hearts that are comforted and gifts that are shared for the good of all. It is about resistance to the forces that exploit and marginalize. The fierce love in the face of violence, human dignity defended, members of a community held and inspired by God, corrected and comforted, instruments of loving spirit of Christ, creations mending, indeed, we sing of God's mission. The United Church, therefore, has been active in the public arena since its earliest days. The founders of this church believed that ours is a living faith and a witness to the ministry of Jesus Christ that is expressed in active, thoughtful involvement in society. The combined voices of people of faith bring forward the message that every individual and the earth itself must be cherished and must be respected. Here's a picture from somewhere in Bangladesh. People seeking development. People looking for water. And just imagine that that is the source of water in that particular village. 
people depend on that pond to get water. And there's need, therefore, to respond to such injustices of lack of water for the people. And here is a picture of a visit I had somewhere in India in a facility with children who are all HIV positive. Up to now, there is so much silence, shame, and stigma associated to HIV that the families of these children reject them when the hospital has tested them positive. And the children have nowhere to go. And here is a partner responding to that need, created a safe house, and these children who are HIV positive are going to school and have a place to call home since their families have rejected them. And here is a picture of wonderful children somewhere in the Philippines, simply beaming with hope. The need to invest in children so that the barriers to education are totally removed and they can be those leaders that lead society in the future. There's need for that justice work that promotes the welfare and the dignity of children. Here is a partner again somewhere in India working at restoring the dignity of widowed and single women. Again, in that part of India, the culture is that when somebody is widowed, they are stigmatized. They are ostracized from their very community. And one of our partners, Asta is the name, works to restore the dignity of these wonderful women and tell them that life still has to go on, even if they've been widowed and even if they are single. And helping them to access government pensions for widows and government pensions for senior citizens. And helping them to ask those questions. Why do we have these injustices? And they begin to address them and speaking to those in power. Here is a picture of a partner in Zimbabwe that was faced by a tragedy. A tragedy in form of a natural calamity. Cyclone Idai washed away part of the school, a school run by the church. And some children and some members of staff were buried in that rubble there. How do we help our partners and how do we walk with our partners? How do we accompany them to face the challenges of climate justice? to face the challenges of these emergencies that require immediate response as we also face the broader questions of climate adaptability and climate justice. Some of our partners are directly responding with uh, food gardens in the villages food assistance, and together as we partner with the Canadian Food Grains Bank, we answer to those questions of food, food. And these village 
gardens, transforming lives. Because the villagers now are able to have nutritious food, but also able to sell their vegetables. And from the money, they can buy medicines and send their children to school and also meet other needs that they have. Questions of social justice. We have mining companies, some of them from Canada and other Western parts of the world who are destroying the climate. That is in the Philippines, where a mining company has been blasting mountains in search of minerals and therefore leaving the villages and the people nearby in danger. Issues of accountability for corporate organizations doing mining in other parts of the world are issues of justice. And therefore, we do not just go in the field, we also take the voices to government right here in Canada. And that was the time we took our partners in that picture from the Philippines to go to parliament and meet our lawmakers and put the case before them for the need for these mining corporations that are mining in their area and destroying the environment and making livelihoods of people difficult. And they put the voices and therefore social justice involves advocacy for transformation, advocacy for change. And currently we are running a serious investigate PH program, an independent international commission of investigation into the human rights violations in the, in the Philippines. And again, collaborating with other people of goodwill, collaborating with other people of goodwill who are concerned and passionate about the need for human rights to be respected and about the need for dignity for all in the Philippines. I thank you most sincerely for listening. Asante sana, thank you very much and blessings to what you do. Thanks for listening to the Hopeful Economics Podcast, a ministry of the United Church of Canada, proudly supported by Mission and Service and New Church Ministry of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in the United States and Canada. The Hopeful Economics Podcast is produced by Resonate Media. In the spirit of the unconference, we'd love to invite you into the conversation. Subscribe, review, and comment on our social media channels. A special thank you to those that partnered to make the Hopeful Economics possible. 1001 Worshiping Communities, Alterna, By Social, Faith and Finance, Metcalf Foundation, United Church of Christ, Rooted Good, Toronto Neighborhood Centers, Community Innovation Hub and learn about Resonate Media at ResonateMediaPro.com. Thanks for listening and continue to share the blessings of health and wealth with everyone.